Are you searching for some solutions to minimize or even prevent cramps when you're playing a day of pickleball? Do you want to know the right foods to fuel up and refuel after playing a bunch of games? Welcome to Pickleball Physio, a podcast where we talk about injury prevention and recovery so pickleball athletes can get back on the court sooner and stay on the courts longer. I'm your host, Sarah Leong Lopes, and welcome to the show. In this episode, I'm so excited to have on Marsha Bauer, the diabetes dietitian RD. This is from a live Q&A that she and I did on Instagram, and I wanted to make it available to the rest of you guys listening to the podcast. We're going to be talking about muscle cramps and how to fuel up properly, as well as answer multiple other questions. She has so much great insight to share, and this interview is packed with value. So without further ado... Here is my interview with Marsha Bauer, the diabetes dietitian RD. There you are. Hey, hey. Marsha. Hey, how are you? Excellent. Good to see you. Hey. I am good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Looking so forward to this. It's going to be a good conversation and hopefully have some, yes. we have some fantastic questions. Yes, I'm excited. And if any of you guys that are tuning in have questions, feel free to drop it in the comments and... If we get to it, we'd love to try to answer some of your guys' questions while you're here, too. Um, just so that all you know, we are recording today's live, and I'll be posting it to my social media. Marsha will also have a video that she'll be posting, too. We are here on our Instagram, and we also have Facebook pages. Um, but a, a lot of you also don't really know who we are, so I thought that we'd just go through a quick introduction, um, starting with Marsha, my wonderful guest that's joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Marsha Bauer. I'm a dietitian. I'm also a licensed dietitian in the state of Iowa and Nebraska, as well as a diabetes educator, certified diabetes education specialist. Um, so I, I've been a dietitian for a long time and just thoroughly enjoy working and helping people understand how nutrients work in their body for whatever reason. How about awesome. you, Sarah? And I'm Sarah Leong Lopes. I am based out of California, I'm licensed here in California, and I'm a physical therapist that practices mostly with adults. I have had some experience with kids, but right now my focus and my emphasis is on um, adult pickleball athletes. So I'm really excited to be having Marsha here because I've got some questions for her on, you know, how can pickleball athletes take advantage of, you know, their energy and their health on a nutrition standpoint, because, you know, it is a very active sport, although it is, you know, relatively low intensity and easy to get into. And um, we also still need to make sure that we're fueling our bodies properly. So I'm super, super excited to have her on. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with pickleball, it is a paddle sport, uh, kind of akin to a cross between tennis and ping pong and badminton. Uh, it started in the 60s and has been rapidly growing since then. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of individuals that have been um, playing lately. Um, before we jump into nutrition questions, do you have any questions for me, Marcia? Well, I, I just would like to know, you know, I think my population of people that may have either pre-diabetes, diabetes, they may be just questioning, you know, what pickleball is and how easy it is to get into if it's a difficult thing. Um, how do they find a pickleball place um, or how do they do they have to be competitive or how does that all work, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. So pickleball is pretty easy to uh, jump into uh, in the sense of most of the community is very, very welcoming and is, is um, open to having other folks join and learn. That's how my parents uh, got to know about pickleball is they just checked out a court one day and everybody was like, hey, you're, you're new. Let's, let's show you how this works. Um, it's pretty low impact, um, not as high speed as tennis. It's kind of nice you can control how fast or slow the ball um, is hit, um, but it definitely requires some balance and it requires um, a little bit of endurance 
just because uh, you are playing these games and they only last about 15 to 25 minutes on average some of the games can last longer depending on you know how many points you're playing to um, or if it's a tournament if you're playing singles versus doubles um, you sometimes will be a timer on how long a match goes um, but generally you, there are real a lot of websites that you can use to look up courts uh, in order to play there is a global pickleball network that has um, a list. There's also um, websites that are dedicated specific to your zone. If you're on Facebook, there's a Facebook page called the Pickleball Forum, which I know is a pretty um, well-known pickleball forum on Facebook that people can um, jump in and chat with one another. There's also pickleball.com. Um, and I have, I'll have a list of other websites that I can definitely post as a resource for those of you that are wanting to, uh, jump in and play. Yes. Did I cover everything from your question? Well, you I'm did. trying to make sure I, I missed. I think people would be interested because I think most people with diabetes know they need to be active and, or whether they may not have diabetes. We all know we need to move more and pickleball yes. sounds like it would be fun and you mm -hmm. would be doing some activities that you don't even you don't realize you're burning as many calories or that you're actually um, helping that muscle increase be, because you're doing something really fun. And so your mind is on making points. And it sounds like it'd be kind of fun to get in with a group of people that are, I mean, that are just starting out all together so you can laugh. And I know here in Iowa, we have a, um, a place called Smash Park and there's different games going okay. on all the time and it's not all pickleball so it's these different things and people you know a good place to go to maybe just learn and start and do it together and laugh and have fun and not worry about being um, real competitive but then if they want to get competitive sounds like it's very doable. Yes. Yes, and also thank you, Sigimundo. Places to play.org is also a website that you can use to look up courts um, in your area, which is another great resource to use. Awesome. Well, That's without further great. ado, let's get started on some of the questions that I have for you. And um, as we chat, you know, I know that you have some okay. great questions to uh, bounce off as well. So okay. I guess one of the one of the big ones is, you know, a lot of folks when you play pickleball, they want to be able to eat a decent breakfast, you know, they'll, they'll kind of eat a breakfast and then go play first thing uh, in the day. And sometimes you can spend one to three hours just because the games are so short, it's easy to jump in uh, to another game. But in terms of fueling up, what what are some foods or types of foods that would be really good um, to eat for energy into playing a game, but won't sit too heavy on the stomach and uh, won't, um, you know, kind of give you a, like a fog because you, you're digesting. Yeah. Well, most people, you need a, a nice balance. You need, you know, if it's breakfast and you're going to compete in 90 minutes, uh, you wouldn't want it to be too fatty because fat's going to stay in that stomach longer and it, you're, mm -hmm. you're going to get that heavy feeling. So if you were going to have um, a couple scrambled eggs, you maybe leave the bacon off for that day, but you might have some fruit for some carbohydrates. So some berries or blackberries or strawberries um, that would be easily digestible. You'd need a little protein, a little carbohydrate. And if you wanted a piece of toast, I, that breaks down easier than bread does. Um, or milk is really good, yogurt is really good. That would be something to get you to the game. Um, I, I would stay away from nuts. I'd stay away from uh, nut butters just because they're very high concentrated of fat, a good fat, very good, polyunsaturated, monounsaturated fat, but they'd, they're gonna sit in your stomach longer. So would avocados. That would be a good um, meal to do, eat after you're all done you know, so that you could eat a good fat and be really satisfied. But just if you're going to go play 90 minutes before you play, I would just have like a lean protein and uh, some fruit or bread or yogurt. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. So that's kind of before you play. I know a lot of people consider, you know, eating either like parfaits or even smoothies. Are those kind of along the lines of what you're thinking yeah. of, what you so recommend? So what I would do for a smoothie, I would use the fat 
free uh, Greek yogurt, that would be a good source of protein. It wouldn't have a lot of fat to sit there. And then berries, you know, and really you just blend those up by themselves. Maybe you throw in a little bit of mango for sweetness or a half a banana. So then you'd have some potassium, you'd have protein, you'd have fiber, you'd have those antioxidants that fight off inflammation. So, you know, I, with, with plain, you know, if you trip or fall and you know, inflammation causes a lot of area to be inflamed. Well, that happens on the inside of us too. So um, if we eat better every day, ideally, that would be great. Great, um, But uh, before that match, a smoothie would be great. Awesome. Good to know. And also in terms of kind of decreasing inflammation, I know that's really huge, um, especially in individuals who already are experiencing pain or who may have other um, ailments or comorbidities that are inflammation um, influenced. So that's good to know. Good to know that those are super helpful. Yeah. How about, um, I want to, I want to touch base on the food to eat after you play, but like, let's say that, you know, you're, you're playing a tournament or you're wanting to, you know, do a quick snack before you jump into another game during a day. Um, are there any snacks or quick things that you would recommend eating just to kind of give another boost of nutrients between games? So, you know, uh, runners um, or hikers that are going for like nine hours hiking up a 14,000 foot mountain, um, carbohydrate, a quick carbohydrate is what you'd want to do. So if you were back to back doing pickleball um, and you were really intense and you were working hard, uh, I would, there's, there's supplements you can get, um, like goo is one, it's GU. Um, okay. It's a quick, just straight carbohydrate. It's got a little bit of amino acid with it, um, but it uh, comes in different flavors. You can get it at some of your sports stores. And I recommend don't go buy a bunch because you may not like the flavors. So make sure you try different <laughs> ones before you go buy. But um, berries are really good. I mean, if you, or watermelon. Just saw a cute little video today of, um, somebody that just blended up some watermelon with a squeeze of lime, and then they poured it in like popsicle molds. They were doing it for their kids, but this would be great for a pickleball tournament because you take those in a cooler with ice or frozen, in, and you, that would be a great replacement because watermelon is high in potassium. You mm -hmm. could add a sprinkle of salt in there, so you don't have to have those um, other supplements or waters that have all the electrolytes and all the artificial color. Um, mm -hmm. So you could just have your own natural and you could make whatever combination of just fruit, a little salt and a little lemon or lime to keep it from browning. Uh, that would be very refreshing. Because you know how watermelon, awesome. you don't want to take a big bite of a watermelon, get it all over your clothes and stuff because <laughs> you know, you're going to go play another game. So those would be kind of handy. Oh, awesome. So watermelon, super handy. I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know, reach out to some uh, tournament directors and be like, hey, watermelon snacks are probably a good idea. Awesome. And then I know some people will reach for like a banana or a pickle. Are those like okay to kind of yeah. snack on or in between? Yeah. Pickles, you know, a whole pickle has about 2000 milligrams of sodium in it. So that's your daily requirement in one pickle. So, but if you're a heavy sweater, you know, and how you'll know is if you'll get those sweat marks around your head or on your, mm -hmm. you have a visor and you get that white mark, that means you're an excessive sweater. And so okay. you need a, a more, a little bit more sodium. So a pickle or okay. just a little bit more salt on your scrambled eggs in the morning or um, that banana is very high potassium. I mean, it sounds cliche, but I, honestly, just real food is so mm -hmm. much better than buying all those supplements. Now, if you're a yeah. person that's just on the go all the time and you don't have time to make some of that stuff, then, then that's where those come in handy. If you're back to back on tournament, you know, one match right after another, I'd recommend the like Propel water because there's just a little bit of carbohydrate in there, but it's not over amount. Um, and if you had just a pickle for lunch um, on, or on your sandwich, you know, say you're going to have a sandwich for lunch and your, your match isn't in for 90 minutes, that low, um, lean, sorry, turkey, ham, uh, mustards, high sodium, a couple slices of pickle on there, 
Um, you're going to have enough sodium if you put a slice of lint or cherry tomatoes on the side um, or sliced tomatoes. That would give you some potassium that way. You can do this with real food simply, really simply. Nice. Good to know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that a lot of people, I think, are looking more for, too. Um, I want to shout out West Spring Nutrition says that she also loves, or they, yeah, they also love Propel um, water as well. So, yay, we got someone else on board for that. And then um, looks like we have somebody who already says that they've got the white on their hat. And, again, that means that they're an excessive sweater, right? Yes. So it sounds like yeah. we don't have to be super duper concerned by, you know, the uh, high amount of sodium in a pickle necessarily, because especially if you're sweating a lot, you actually do need that. And with a lot of these fruits and foods and lean um, meats and such, uh, if you're fueling your body well enough, then muscle cramps probably aren't as much of a concern at that point. Or would there be anything else that you would add to kind of prevent from muscle cramps happening? So I think muscle, it, you know, it could be a low potassium, low sodium, but a lot of times, many times it's just you're low and de you're dehydrated. And, mm. um, you know, keeping enough water in your life every single day is very advantageous. If you want to perform the very best, the people that um, you just think of your blood when it gets thick because of it doesn't have as much fluid in it. So mm -hmm. it's harder for that heart to pump that blood up and down your body in a split second. So your heart is having to work harder. So your, your blood flow isn't getting to your muscles. And if you want to be quick on the course, you really want um, that blood flow and easy, um, much easier. So that heart doesn't have to work so hard. So hydration is probably the biggest reason for some of that cramping. Uh, do you see people, um, Sarah, that cramp during a game, after a game, or the evening it, after? It varies. It really varies. There are some people who will get a cramp during a game. Um, some folks afterwards, they'll be like, ooh, like, I, can, I can tell like my muscles are really, really tired and, and, and tight is usually what I hear after a game. Um, and there are some folks that will say like, yeah, at the end of the day, I was really, really sore. So I, I hear kind of cramping during the, that's the terminology I've heard, cramping okay. during the game, Thanks. you know, kind of achy tight after the game. And then like really sore if it's gotten to that point at the end of the day, that's yeah. the terminology I've heard. So when you're doing, from the physical therapist standpoint, if they haven't warmed up enough with their muscle mass, I mean, with their muscles, um, does that have an impact? Yes. Yeah. If they haven't done, like, I usually recommend dynamic warm-ups, warm-ups where you're moving, um, not so much like a, a hold stretch. Um, usually those just five minutes of a dynamic warm-up uh, can be enough to get all the blood properly pumping to the muscles. It alerts the body, hey, we're going to be doing some work. We need to redirect some of our blood flow to our muscles and our nerves and our, so that our joints um, are prepared to do all this activity. Um, and then at that point, usually we'll see less um, chances of, you know, an injury that just comes from muscles that and joints that haven't been warmed up properly. Then yeah. do, you have them, do you have them stretch afterwards also? Yes, I do recommend um, stretch or cool down. I usually like to use the terms warm up and cool down because uh, a lot of times when people think about stretching, it's, oh, my whole body needs to be fully relaxed and I'm leaning really far into this mm -hmm. position. Um, but really, it's just a really intentional focused movement when you're warming up so that the different muscles of the body know what to expect and then at the end cooling down to the body and the muscles know okay we've done our activity we can kind of slow down a little bit um, and redirect our blood flow you know to wherever else we need to um, so it, it's you still have some muscle activation but it's intentional specific um, activity as opposed to just oh let me just like lift up my leg onto this chair and hold it for a really long time <laughs> That's probably something I would do. <laughs> yes. Without, without the right directions from my physical therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you guys have so, so covered... much knowledge. Pardon me? Yes. Uh, yes. And yeah, lots of knowledge on our end to share with you guys. And I'm already learning so much from chatting with you right now. Um, so just a quick review, we've covered breakfast, you want to eat some berries, you want to have uh, less fats, less nuts, um, a little bit more 
um, like lean protein to start the day 90 minutes before you play. You can snack on some watermelon or banana or pickles, stuff that has some sodium and carbohydrates um, in it during the day. And then when you're trying to recover after playing mm -hmm. a lot of pickleball in a day, what would you recommend the body, you know, be fed with again? We you shouted a little bit about lean protein already. Well, you'd want to replace some of the carbohydrate that you use from your muscles. You know, your muscles have glycogen stores, which are just sugar stores that your muscles have been taught to take out of the bloodstream so that you can do that rapid burst of energy to hit that ball and go and run. So you want to replace those. So a little carbohydrate. So 30 grams of carbohydrate is a recommendation. And then a, a 30 gram protein shake. The elite athletes in any sport will replace with 30 to 60 grams of protein um, within the first 30 minutes of any high intensity oh, activity. So if, if they, a protein shake would be great then, or that smoothie that has that cup of Greek yogurt in it and the berries. So that would be a great combination of before and an after, cause you're going to get both. Um, and really that first 30 minutes is key to get that protein back in because that's when your muscles are, you know, they've, they've worked hard. Um, they've kind of broken down, right? And uh, they, to get that repair, with, um, they are very thirsty for carbohydrate and they're really thirsty for amino acids. So amino acids come from um, I mean, they can come from plants too, but you're going to get the big, biggest bang uh, for your buck for uh, Greek yogurt or um, even a glass of milk. Cho a lot of times athletes will use a cup of chocolate milk or two cups of chocolate milk, just the low fat chocolate milk that's already mixed up. So if you don't have time to do a smoothie, that's very helpful. Good to know. Yeah. So kind of bookending your day before you play and after you play with kind of the similar nutrients. Yes, that's awesome. I know that there are a lot of pickleball players who like to enjoy a beverage, a nice cool beverage, or will sit down with a glass of wine to reward themselves after a day. Um, are there particular beverages either along those lines or other drinks that you would recommend? Well, you know, the bad thing with alcohol is dehydrating. So here, if they've been out there in this hot sun playing all these meat back to back to back, and there's a big sweater, they're going to be dehydrated. So we like to hydrate and make sure you've added. Most athletes replace two cups of water for every pound lost. So okay. if you got on the scale before you started that day, you get on the scale um, just to see what was your loss, replace it with two cups of water. So if you lost two pounds, you do four cups of water. So a quarter water. And I would do that before you have your glass of wine. Okay, so not necessarily cut it out completely, but just make sure you're well hydrated again before yes. you go back and enjoy your other drink. Yeah, it and looks like, like we have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, like just like you said, um, your your um, what you know your, those joints they've been moving and but joint water is what hydrates those joints and keep them moving well greased. Yes. You know. Yes. You had a question I like that. Yes, the well greased is a good analogy because a lot of people are familiar with kind of greasing their tires and stuff like that. Um, we do yeah. have a question uh, from Siggy Mundo. Is hot oatmeal too heavy before playing and not enough nutrients? Oh, no, I think oatmeal would be great. It has a lot of B vitamins. I would use um, either steel cut oats or just old fashioned oats. I wouldn't do the instant packet oats. And then I would add berries to it. I just wouldn't add nuts to it. Okay, good to know. And then again, the Greek yogurt you were also yeah. recommending as part yeah, of it, was, if they wanted yeah. to add it into a parfait or something like that. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. So a lot of great information so far, just a review for those of you who have just tuned in um, and those of you that are listening in. So at the beginning of the day, wanting to do, you know, less of the fats, less of the nuts, doing a little bit more with berries and um, some carbohydrates 90 minutes before playing. Am I getting that right so far? That's correct. Perfect. Some nice snacks with some sodium during in between games, um, like pickles and bananas and watermelons, um, smoothies or snacks, um, and then refueling the body after you've been playing a long day with similar things that you eat at the beginning of the day with some lean proteins to 
and um, some Greek yogurt and berries and making sure you stay hydrated throughout. Um, am I still on track so far? You are right on track, Sarah. <laughs> Perfect. You're a good teacher. It's easy for me to remember. See, this is great. Um, and then also um, for each pound, you said for each pound that you have lost from sweat and such throughout the day, you want to replace that with two cups, correct, of water again water. at the other end of the day. Awesome. Good. And then, then so enjoy your alcoholic beverage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> enjoy your reward for playing in a good day, a good game. So, I, and then I, you're also saying, oh, yes, yes, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to let people know that um, if you go to, since it's Fruit and Vegetable Month, it's the National Fruit and Vegetable Month, oh, Dole cool. has some great recipes on their website. And I found one today, they have one called the Vitamin C Immunity Shot. And it's nice. got some orange juice, it's got some ginger and turmeric in it, which would be super easy. And what they did was they just froze it in uh, ice cube trays and they put it in their glass to go. And then, oh, so, so that would be a great replacer too, because oranges are real high in potassium, plus yeah. vitamin C, plus water, plus that you get that little turmeric, which helps with the anti-inflammatory properties. So that would be something cute, but they had great recipes there. So that's awesome. Um, Dole. We'll I got to put my put, push in for fruit and vegetables and, and um, yeah. vi Vitamix is a great place to look at recipes too. Um, you don't have to have a Vitamix to look up on their, on their internet. They've got lots of really good recipes. So, so if you're looking for good ones, they're high nutrient and super easy. Um, and you could use any blender. Excellent. Good to know. This is one of the reasons why I love chatting with folks that, you know, are in other healthcare zones and, and, and specialties yeah. than me, because I get all of these um, great resources to um, share with folks. Oh, we have a question. Can you please say the shot ingredients again? Okay, it is. Um, and you can find if you go to Dole, D-O-L-E, Dole website, just their you know, fruit and vegetable. It's two oranges, two cups of dole pineapple, fresh pineapple, two tablespoons of honey, one and a half teaspoons of fresh ginger. We'll put it on our, on our, uh, we'll, we'll, put yes, it on we'll find links and um, share it with you guys. Half a teaspoon of turmeric, um, half a cup of, uh, vinegar, apple cider vinegar, and an ice cube tray. Pretty easy. Awesome. Awesome. Dole ah, thank you. Someone, correct. someone posted the website. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Love it. Love it. You guys. Hey, so I wanted to ask you, you know, for people with diabetes, sometimes they have foot issues and yes. um, they want to make sure that they are wearing the right footwear. Is there a special, do you have to wear special tennis shoes or, you know, yeah. is there anything? So, from my knowledge thus far, I'm not super familiar with specific brands that are specialized to folks that have diabetes that would be more beneficial to them. Um, but in general, one of, one of the things I will say right out of the gate is when you're looking for shoes to play pickleball um, or tennis or badminton, you know, a lot of those um, sports have a lot of sideways movement in addition yeah. to forward and back. So you definitely want to make sure that you have um, lateral support. So maybe a little bit more uh, stability and rigidity um, on the sides of your shoe, as opposed to a runner shoe, which is very streamlined because they're meant to be a bit more aerodynamic. So your running shoes are going to definitely be different than your walking shoes and your walking shoes should be separate from your court shoes. Um, so definitely wanting to make sure you have the support on the sides. Uh, you want to have a pretty wide toe box, not necessarily like extra wide, but um, I like to use this insole trick. A lot of times the shoe, you can take the insole out of the shoe and place it on the ground. And usually what I'll do is I'll take it out. I'll place it on the ground. I'll put my foot on top of it. And if my toes are hanging over the edges on either side or in front or back, um, of that insole, then I know that maybe the toe box is going to be too narrow for me. Oh. So how and that can add a lot of excess pressure and some oh, friction um, on a shoe. So especially for folks, you know, who might have more to consider with their feet, uh, I would say look for something that's got maybe a little bit wider of a toe box than you'd expect, or you can do that insole test. 
to kind of check that out. And then the other points that are important is um, the a good support in the arch and a really good support, rigid um, support in the heel behind the ankle. You know how some, uh, well, running shoes, uh, they're, they're kind of tipped up. You know, they've got a lot of padding underneath and, and those, would people trip over that? Yeah, there's a little bit more likeliness that folks can trip um, from stuff that has really high heel soles or just thick soles underneath. There's there's a a balance of having to have, you know, enough support, um, but you don't want your your heels to be lifted up or your feet to be lifted up kind of like a platform, so to speak, um, from the ground, because you need to have that good purchase, that good traction on the floor um, when you're, when you're, you know, going sideways or when you're changing directions to go forward and backward, that's huge. And I wish I could say that there was like one brand that I would recommend, but in reality, everybody's speed is different. You kind of have to try out a bunch of different shoes um, in order to find which one works best for you. That's a great tip. I would have never thought to take that sole out. And, and I mean, I, I will probably look for tennis shoes like that now just because of that tip. So thank you, Sarah. What about, yeah, it's um, great. What do people, when they're first beginning, and I'm sure this is probably depends on the person and what, you know, how physically fit they are when they begin pickleball or, but are they um, more at risk for falling or I guess that depends their physical ability? Yeah, so there's different levels of play. There's, you know, the twos and two fives are kind of the lower level play. Um, when you're really, really beginner, trying to learn all the moves and the coordination, a lot of folks, when they jump in, they can start anywhere from a 3-0 um, towards 3-5. And there you're starting to get more movement, more involved. Um, the, the things that really set these zones apart from kind of the higher levels of play into the, you know, three sevens or four O's and up and, and the pros, um, that's more of just the consistency. But when you're just getting started, um, I would say... First of all, kind of look at yourself and understand what your expectation is for yourself going in. There are people who go in really competitive and because pickleball can be pretty easy to pick up or pretty simple um, to get the motions, kind of understand the motions. It's really easy to just want to dive and go for that one ball And that's where we can see more falls more often, or especially if it's going over your head and you're like, oh, the ball's, it's a, it's a wiffle ball. It's traveling so slow. I can just back up and hit it. Then you'll see people kind of losing their balance um, to the back. So depending on how intensely you want to go after the ball, I would say is a pretty big indicator on whether or not you're a bit more at risk of a fall or not. Um, because of all of the emotions that you're going through. But if you're willing to, to understand what your uh, fall risk is, if there is any, or if you have any, um, anything that predisposes you to falls, then you can kind of temper your intensity of play to be able to safely navigate the court and not have to worry about losing your balance. I, yeah. I, I definitely believe that um, people can be more aware of their body um, enough to to not put themselves in that compromising position. Yeah, that's good. Yes, but I can see where it would be really tempting to to run yes. after that ball and and pull a muscle or something. So oh as yes, physical, as a physical therapist, what are some things that they could do to warm up? Do you do you have something that you could just describe uh, for a yes. warm up before they even get out there with their friends and just dink around? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I I encourage people to warm up their legs and their shoulders. Um, A lot of people kind of think, oh, you know, with pickleball, we're just swinging our arms. So we only really need to focus our shoulder or there'll there'll be people on the other end like, oh, well, like there's a lot of movement around the court. I need to warm up my legs. Um, But you do need kind of a combination. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like to do heel raises, just kind of coming up onto your toes and coming back down to warm up your ankles. You can do um, stepping sideways and going forward and backward to kind of warm up the movement and the balance, as well as just kind of getting all of the muscles um, ready to go. 
um, doing, you know, just maybe like five sit to stands from a chair um, or just squatting in the air can be a great way to warm up the knees and the hips. Um, I have some people, I call them clock steps where you're standing kind of in the middle and you put one foot forward and then you come back as if you're going from 12 o'clock back to the middle of the clock face and then stepping out to one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, all the way around and then switching feet when you go to the other side either shifting your weight or just moving your legs to those directions to kind of warm up the hips. That's a great one for the hips too. Um, I'll also recommend doing kind of arm circles where you're, you're tensing and you're stiffening the muscles as you're making circles with your arms small and then bigger. That can be a great way to warm up the shoulder joint. Um, and then I like to recommend stuff to kind of warm up the wrist, pushing up against your hand, down into your hand, um, turning your palm up, turning your palm down. That's a great way to warm up the wrist and the forearm, especially if you're, um, you know, in your gripping hand, the hand that you're playing dominant with. Um, those are great ways to kind of warm up most of the muscles, a great number of the muscles in the body. Is there so many minutes? Like, should they warm up uh, like at least 10 minutes or, or longer? Yeah, I actually would say even five minutes can be enough. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time. Again, uh, the key is not how much you do, but how specifically you do it, how intentionally you do it. So if you spend a good 10 seconds on kind of each of these muscle groups and then kind of do a couple rounds of them, then that can be more than plenty just to, you know, send the signal from your brain to your body. Hey, we're about to do some activity. And this is how we're going to, um, these are the muscles that we're going to need. Uh, I have a question. Can you please post the warm-ups? Yes, yes. I am working on a video right now uh, to post some of these exercises that will be accessible to you wherever you're at. So you can just play the video and warm up alongside me. That's great. That'll, that will be wonderful. Yeah, maybe I'll throw in some recipes. <laughs> yes, that would be great. And a lot of these information that we've been talking about, Marcia and I will go back and we'll find the links and we'll we'll post these links so that you can find them through our social media. Um, and then I actually wanted to chat with you. I did have a question because okay. since you specialize with um, diabetes, you know, blood sugar is super, super huge. Um, for people who maybe aren't aware if they have any blood sugar issues or people who are aware and are needing to work on it, um, what are some things that just, you know, would be really great general knowledge to pass on to folks about what they should know about their blood sugar? Well, um, so there's a lot of things, but, um, I, you know, encourage people if you do have diabetes, if they would start checking their blood sugar, many times people will just go to their doctor and their doctor will say, we'll just do an A1C. And that's a average of your blood sugar or your glucose over three a three month period or 90 days and usually um, and they won't do it any sooner because your red blood cells are replicating um, and it takes that long for the old ones to slough off and the new ones come on so the average blood sugar is not necessarily the best indicator of how well you're doing um, you may have one, you know, so if your A1C is um, over seven, that means you have a, had a higher blood sugar of 180 and a low, you could have had a great blood sugar, but your average is, is 150, 160. So um, time and range is more important. So how do we know? You've got to have a glucose monitor and test your blood sugar uh, before and after any exercise that helps you see how many points you can really drop. And you know, when you are exercising, that muscle is just pulling sugar out of your bloodstream. It's using it. So it's a great way if you've just been diagnosed or if you have that pre-diabetes, somebody's told you, hey, you're getting close to diabetes. Maybe you've got diabetes in your family like I do. And it's just, you know, I'm going to eventually possibly get diabetes, trying to delay that as much as possible but how you can find so much information just by testing your sugar. There are really inexpensive meters out there. Um, the Walmart rely on is only $9. Um, nice. And then the strips are $5 for 25. And that's very reliable. I've tested them against other meters that are $8,500 and they will be almost verbatim the same blood sugar reading. So it's a great indicator 
Um, and it, I mean, even if you don't have diabetes, but you're struggling with some weight and you want to get a little weight off, oh my gosh, that tool is just phenomenal for you to see, gosh, if I eat a brownie, what is my blood sugar going to do? I would wait two hours, test your blood sugar. Or say you had a really big pasta dinner and you wanted to see if it had any impact. What I would do is eat that dinner, measure the, how many, you know, what was the amount of noodles that you ate? Um, if it was a two cups, three cups, measure that. And then two hours later, you test that blood sugar. And if you see a blood sugar and you don't have diabetes, and if it's over 120 after two hours, that should be a big flashing red light that mm -hmm. something else is going on. Um, and that in itself can help you decide, I, you know what, I'm not going to eat that much next time. Um, and when you see that number, um, when you don't have type one, people with type one, they have no of their own insulin. So they have to require insulin injections. So mm -hmm. they can get a, a continuous blood glucose monitor. Um, their insurance usually will pay for that. And those are so great. I wish everybody could have one. They're about $300 a month, which is costly, but yeah. so, so uh, advantageous because you can see your blood sugar every five minutes without having to poke your finger. So it is just um, a phenomenal tool. Um, I wore one for a week and it's, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to eat that again. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that you're able to you know pull so much information from all of these great things that um we've yeah. been we've been gifted with with technology and all the research that's going on yeah. uh, we do have another question about that what are the signs of low blood sugar if someone on the court shows that do we give them something with sugar or no um the usually the sign is uh well per, profuse sweating shakiness um irritability. So, so you, all of those things could be on the court, right? If, <laughs> if you're out there in the heat and yes. you're sweating and you're lost your pickleball, you know, you could get upset. But if you know somebody's um, mentality and if you're watching this and somebody else or you're feeling it yourself, um, that, you know, shakiness is usually what your, your brain is warning you that your sugars are going down and it's letting you know, alert, alert, you're not there yet. You're not totally below 70, but you're close. And it's saying, feed me. It's, it's warning you. So um, that's one symptom. Dry mouth. But see, on the pickleball court, you can have yeah. the, all of those symptoms. And how would you know? So it's, it's if you're struggling, if you wonder if you do have, I'd go get a meter. Just go get a meter. And really, honestly, the rely on... You have to buy the meter itself and then the little poker. We call it a lancet device. I call it a mm -hmm. poker. Um, and then one bottle of strips for, I mean, total, you're less than $20. Mm, and, nice. Um, yeah, it's easy to do. You want to test the side of your finger, not the pads. That's where your nerve ends. Yes, but, it's a little bit more, more painful. So with that, then, if there's someone on the court that's starting to notice this about themselves, would that be a good time to eat a pickle or eat a watermelon? Or like, what would you recommend in the moment? So in that moment, and uh, I, would, I would do a carbohydrate. God bless you. <laughs> um, I, would, I would, the fastest thing would be juice. Juice, okay. you know, but you only need a half a cup. Don't drink a big 16 ounce glass of juice because then if your your sugar is going to go way too high so i would just do a fourth of a cup to a half a cup um if you didn't have juice available then we would use a one cup of regular soda um that would get your blood sugar up a lot of times people that have diabetes they'll have glucose tabs with them or glucose mm. gel that they can squeeze on the inside of their mouth and then they massage it in and it gets into their bloodstream like that Mm -hmm. Um, so milk is also very, uh, goes into the bloodstream fairly fast. The lactose in there gets in there faster, probably faster than juice. But, um, you know, when you've been on a court and sweating and really hot, milk doesn't really sound very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, definitely not. Oh, good. That's great information. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so those were my questions that I had okay. for you on nutrition. Do you have any other questions for me about, uh, pickleball for, anyone yeah. on your side and who you serve 
Um, let's see, I asked you about the increased risk for falling, and we mm -hmm. talked about the shoes. What is the age? What is the average age? Yeah, so the average age is like 33, but, or 30, 33 to like 37, but um, a good 33% of the core players are actually 60 years and up. So yes, the average age is um, kind of a little bit younger than, you know, Somebody what we a lot of see. <laughs> but yes, mostly, mostly um, older adults, folks that are 50 and up um, from demographics that I've been seeing online with statistics at 60 and up um, as, as kind of the bigger chunk. Uh, but there's there's folks from, you know, all all ages. But it's, it's definitely um, an older adult and senior um, dominant sport in a lot of and ways. That's great. That is <laughs> especially so recreationally. Good. Yeah, because um, we, you know, we don't want to get older. And when we sit around, we get older, right? We lose mm -hmm. muscle mass. Mm -hmm. How much muscle does a person um, have you ever tested or have they in physical therapy world? Do they know how how that muscle replaces how fast or you know, even in their 60s, if you're really working out hard, can it, and, you know, trying to change your muscle mass. Do you know that, Sarah? Yeah. So uh, in like a day-to-day -day or in like a standard clinic, there aren't necessarily a lot of physical therapists that will test everybody's muscle mass as they come through. Um, but from the research that has gone on and from what we have seen in the clinics is even within the first couple of weeks, we'll start seeing muscle changes and strength gains. Um, and even up to like a month and going into two months, that's when you really start seeing some progress. And um, a lot of that can come from exercise, but a lot of it also comes from the proper nutrition, fueling those muscles. Because each time you work out and you load and stress those muscle fibers, those muscle cells, there is a little bit of breakdown and then they rebuild even stronger than they were before. So you need to make sure that you have the right um, nutrition to help that process go well. Yeah. But even, you know, the there's kind of two parts to it. So in the first couple weeks or in the beginning of the phases, a lot of people will be like, oh man, I feel like I'm getting stronger already within the first workout. Um, a lot of that is attributed more to the nerves that are being sent to the muscle cells, getting more coordinated, getting more sensitive to the activation, um, getting the timing and the effectiveness and efficiency of those muscle contractions. So a lot of that is just um, the nervous system and the muscular system working together, the neuromuscular system and that motor unit. And then in the weeks after that, that's when you actually start seeing either more um, the, the actual muscle cells are getting bigger or in really extreme situations or elite um, exercising, then you'll actually see the number of muscle cells also increasing. So short answer, one to two weeks, you can start seeing changes. Uh, one to two months is when you really start seeing muscle gain and muscle tone. Um, and that muscle strengthening can continue in, yes. in the months and years to come if you continue to load the the muscles a little bit heavier each time and you're also you know supplying your muscles with the right nutrition so this is great for for people that are aging or you know we're all aging from the day we're born we're, we're all getting older a day older yes. every day so um you know and the nutrition like building muscle is super important if you want to maintain your status and your nutritional status um because we don't digest food as the older we get we don't digest as well. So even though you are eating some protein, um, make sure that you, you know, I, I make sure all of our patients get at least 60 grams of protein a day minimum. That's, and that's not rounding up. That's just a solid good 60 grams of protein. So we figure one ounce of protein is equal to seven grams. That's without gristle and skin. Um, a lot of times people will, if they're too busy, they do a protein shake to help that muscle mass. But that's really, really important as we get older, we need to, and usually when you think about it, uh, you know, as people get older, they have dental issues. And so they quit eating meat and they right. don't, they eat more carbohydrate. They don't eat enough protein and then they lose muscle <clears throat> mass even faster. And then they won't be able to do that pickleball game as well. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, their muscle just, you just can't um, grow muscle if you don't have enough protein. Yes, uh, we do have a question. Can you list all these recommended grams of everything you've mentioned? Yeah, um, so sure Marsha can definitely answer these here. And if you follow her on her Instagram and Facebook, you'll also get a lot more of this information too. But anyway, go ahead, Marsha. So um, I, I recommend at least a minimum of 60 grams of protein. Is that what you're asking per, um, per day? Um, and that seems a, like it, yeah. Yeah, that's minimum. So if you were even increasing your um, trying to build muscle, you you may depending on if you're man, you know, ma male, female, uh, that your muscle mass you may need um, more, closer to a hundred grams, it, and depending on your height, you know, men typically have more muscle mass than women. So you, you need more protein per, per um, height and per pound. So it depends, but 60 is a bare minimum. And I would go, you know, if your goal is to increase muscle mass, I would go as 90 for a woman, 80 to 90 and 100, 120 for men. Okay, excellent. Perfect. Um, I hope that answered your question. If you have a follow-up to that, please, please feel free to post it in the chat as well. Um, excellent. Um, any other questions for me, Marsha? Oh, gosh. This was so much fun. We just, yes. I just learned a lot about pickleball. And I think it, <laughs> it really is just a good segue for people that want to get out and get more active. This summer, you know, this summer is a great, you know, here in Iowa, it's just, it, we went from winter to summer because now it's like oh. 90. <laughs> and um, so, so people are wanting to get out and do more activities. So um, I think it would be a really good start for people to start there. Then they don't have to feel like they're going to the gym. And, um, uh, and you can do this with yes. other people that are learning mm -hmm. too, so you don't feel so awkward, right? Yes, um, yes. yes. What, what are some other benefits of, of pickleball that you yeah. see on your end? Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I answer that question, let's address this follow-up question. What okay. volume of water should one drink a day to stay adequately hydrated? Can I hyperhydrate before a tournament? Uh, that's a great question. I would say, you know, we figure about um, 30 cc's or uh, an ounce for every uh, kilogram of body weight you are. So you take your pounds divided by 2.2 and that gives you your kilograms. So you take that times 30, that gives you your milliliters. So 64 ounces is a good uh, start. But again, if you're an excessive sweater and you've got that salt or you can feel that crust on your forehead or your face after a, a tournament, then you're an excessive sweater. And, and that's to cool your body. We need that. So you're going to have to replace more water and, and a little bit of sodium. It doesn't have to be a lot. Um, but um, so that's, you know, so about half your pound, half your weight is, is should be water. And then again, a factor in, you know, if you really want to know, weigh yourself before a tournament, weigh yourself right after, take a portable scale with you <laughs> and um, see how many pounds you've lost, replace for one pound, two cups of water. Good to know. And then the following question from that was, can I hyperhydrate before a tournament? Um, is there, can you give more clarification on what you mean by hyperhydrate? Um, or unless you kind of understand what that means right off the cuff. Or I, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're thinking like carbohydrate loading, you're eating a lot of carbohydrate to be able to uh, endure the, the spurt of energy that you're using. So are you saying I, you wanna drink a whole bunch of water to see if that will help? I, I don't know if there's any research on that. Um, I would say, and you can drink too much water. You know, that's a real big thing. Your, um, your brain, uh, hyponitrite, and my brain just went. <laughs> um, you, can, you can drink too much water. So, you know, some people are very small and they're told to drink a gallon of water. Um, yes, that, <laughs> that was a conversation we had. <laughs> that wouldn't be so good. So, um, uh, 
hyponatremia. That's what it is. Sorry, my brain went off. Um, but so if you're getting at least 64 to 100 ounces. Okay, good, good to know. And again, yes. And again, kind of like Marsha had mentioned before, you definitely want to make sure you're hydrating leading up to the day of the tournament. You don't want to just drink water right before you play. Make sure that you're trying to meet that daily intake um, leading up to that tournament. Another question, how do you feel about water additives like liquid IV? You know, we dietitians don't really like all these additives. We feel like it's just, it's like a Band-Aid, you know. Um, I see people in our clinic that want to use these products when really all they need to do is be consistent with their water intake every day and drink consistently throughout the day. Don't drink a bunch at night because then you're up going to the bathroom all night. So the liquid IV, they've just added a little bit of sodium and potassium to it which you could just do that with that orange shot, <laughs> or you could do that with um, maybe just uh, take water, a, a pitcher of ice water and take um, a piece of cantaloupe or any fruit actually, and let it just um, infuse that water. It only would take not even 30 minutes for that flavor to be in there um, and sprinkle just a little salt in there and stir it in. You have your own liquid IV that you made by yourself way less expensive and probably mm. way better for you. Mm. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. A lot of it you can get naturally. Um, and yeah. sometimes that stuff can be a quick fix, but there are also natural ways of getting, you know, quick intake as well. And what we see Gosh. is people, um, when you're more hydrated continuously throughout the day, you, you get used to drinking that much water and you want to drink that much water. And so then that becomes, and you got to think of your heart, you know, your mm -hmm. heart is pumping that thick blood or thin blood. It's going to do a better job uh, getting oxygen up and down your um, body to your brain, um, to those nerves that need to move, right? Um, and mm -hmm. tell the muscles to move um, if it can do it easily. But if you're dehydrated, um, so you don't want to hydrate just for your game. You want to hydrate every single day. And I, I tell you, you'll just feel so much better, especially people with diabetes. Their blood sugars are high. They're high. They need to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate every yeah. single day. So that's a lot of times we start with just that goal. Try to get 64 ounces minimum every single day. And they feel better and their blood sugars come down and they're amazed. That's awesome. It's amazing, right? Water. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just so water. easy and it's just there, water. but it's it's not easy to, you know, to remember to drink water. I'm definitely going to be drinking some water after, <laughs> after this uh, live <laughs> here. So, yeah, um, staying hydrated consistently and your body starts craving it. That's wonderful. Yeah, um, yes, yeah. to go back to the question that you asked, what are other benefits of pickleball? Um, it's really great. I mean, as we already are kind of aware of, it's great for the muscles. It's great for the nerves to make sure things are moving and you're getting um, exercise. And in that, you know, with any exercise, it's good for the cardiovascular system, you know, getting your heart strong and pumping and um, <clears throat> getting your lungs working and, and improving your, um, your respiratory system. Uh, it's great for um, your coordination and your balance, which, you know, isn't necessarily a specific, you know, system. It's kind of all of it working together with your brain yeah. and your, and your um, receptors and all throughout your body. And it's also just great for friends and building relationships with people. Yeah. A, a lot of, a lot of us need that social time and, and uh, some people that we can connect with. So it's another really, really great way to do that. Um, it gets you outdoors, which, you know, a lot of us are seeing, um, we need to get outdoors more for, yeah, like our mental health, mental health uh, yes. in our, in our chat here. Um, it's, 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 there's so many great benefits. Uh, it, it covers, you know, your health and it covers your ability to be with your, um, develop good relationships. Um, yeah, yes. but I, I wanted to thank you again, Marsha, for being mm -hmm. here today. This is awesome. We, we went basically a full hour. I am <laughs> so grateful to everybody who, um, ask questions in the Q&A. There's so much good information going out there. Um, and if there's more information, I'm sure we're going to hop onto another Q&A at some point. Um, but please share, where can uh, my followers find you or anybody else that's watching this find you? You can find me at Diabetes Dietitian RD. 
and I'm on Facebook that way and or Instagram. Love to have you there. I'm trying to do new things and just um, spread some information so people have that uh, to go to. Um, if and you ask me any question and if you need any of that information, um, I'll make sure I get it to you, Sarah, so that you can yes. share it with your people. And thank you for having me. It was yes, so much fun and I've learned care. so much. And now you know. Thank you so much again to Marsha Bauer for being on the Q&A with me and bringing so much value on pickleball nutrition tips for all of us. If you are interested in following Marsha, hearing more about what she does, and maybe even reaching out for her services and her knowledge, I will leave the links in the show notes below, or you could look her up on Facebook and Instagram at Diabetes Dietitian RD. As always, if you have any questions or if there's a topic you'd like to hear us talk about on the Pickleball Physio Podcast, feel free to reach out at connectwithphase.com. And thank you so much for joining us on Pickleball Physio. We'll see you guys next time.